This episode of Energy Matters is sponsored by Arnold Golden and Gregory. Welcome to Energy Matters, a show about how you can save money on your utility bills, use technology wisely, and live a more sustainable lifestyle. Here's your host, veteran energy regulator and clean energy expert, Commissioner Tim Eccles. Thank you, Scott Slade. It's always great to be saving money on that power bill, using technology wisely, and living a more sustainable life. I'm Tim Eccles, Vice Chair of the Georgia Public Service Commission. Welcome to Energy Matters. My co-host, Casey Boyce from Decatur. Casey. Good morning, Tim. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to be talking about something a lot of folks do in the springtime, and that is to kind of take evaluation of their energy systems, maybe, maybe get an energy checkup audit type of thing if your utility will do that. A lot of them will. Uh, maybe maybe call out the HVAC people. I've got a little I've got a little checkup with my warranty company. I get one of those checkups a year. What are some other things, Casey, uh, we want to dive into here in the spring? Yeah, we'll talk about spending that tax refund. Uh, so maybe you've had uh, that hit your bank account recently, but uh, yeah, just kind of spring cleaning on your energy house. Yeah, so, you know, our our house this year, we've got solar. Uh, we didn't have it last spring, mm-hmm. and I am, you know, really anxious to see how it performs. Um, I'm so pleased with uh, the work that Creative Solar USA did, and I can track it right there on my laptop. And uh, so, you know, but before we did that solar, Casey, we did that insulation, and yeah. that that insulation really has been paying dividends since day one. So it's interesting because uh, you know the. City of Decatur is going through a, a clean energy planning process right now and, and recently had a, a community meeting on it. And one of the recommendations from someone that does a lot of work on green homes and home comfort, he said, look, first thing you want to do is you want to seal up any any holes where air is escaping. And there are a couple of places that you can find those around outlets, around recessed fixture, fixtures or where you've got a, a fan uh, in the ceiling. Uh, if you go up in your attic and pull back the insulation around those things and see that the insulation is dirty, it's showing that there's air escaping. Um, those are really, really simple to fix. You just need a tube of caulk and a caulk gun, you know, maybe 15 bucks from uh, your Home Depot. And you just caulk around that to, to stop that air from escaping. He said that's number one. The number two is insulation. And, you know, that's going to make a big difference in, you know, as it gets hot out over the summer here, keeping that cool air inside. Casey, I remember the home that we had in Winterville, the one that I put solar thermal on. My daughter uh, always complained that her room was cold Mm -hmm. Uh, and she was upstairs and it just had this one island bedroom on, uh, on a corner of a house adjacent to a great room. Uh, it had this beautiful, uh, you know, fireplace uh, kind of living room with a giant ceiling. This was a very contemporary house, and she was always complaining that it was cold and it was always hot in her room. And hmm. th- the regular attic of the house was in a separate place, but I noticed inside her closet was her own attic that was yeah. only above that. And so I stuck my head up there one day, and there was no insulation above her room so we just went to home depot and bought bought the pink panther rolls right and rolled that in i think it was maybe sixty dollars 
uh, to do that. But I mean, how do builders miss that? Well, it's not only how do builders miss that, it's how do inspectors miss that. But I mean, your experience is not that uncommon, right? So, you know, folks, if, if you do have a spot in your house that you find is is always too warm or always too cold, check out that attic insulation. And, and to your point, Tim, it's it's not terribly expensive to put insulation in. Uh, a lot of the utilities will offer some sort of a rebate for that as well. Casey, our master bathroom has a little separate toilet area with a door and the th- this toilet room without going into a lot of details is is always cold in the winter and hot now i know that there's insulation above it i know that but i wonder i wonder if there's any possibility that just outside this little tiny part of the bathroom because it, it's on an outside wall mm-hmm. I, I wonder if there's any possibility that the builder did not put insulation there and it's getting it's getting that you know that hot in the in the summer and cold in the winter through there i guess yeah, that's a possibility it's definitely a possibility yeah, yeah. And, and so i mean how would you fix that would you would you just drop uh you know you can buy the insulation in a bag that you can just drop in because i can't really roll it down in there i guess i could just yeah. go up in the attic crawl over there and just get one of the bags and just drop the little insulation balls in there well and the other way of doing that is that uh you can can actually drill holes in the the cavities between the studs and blow insulation in there. Um, that's obviously a little bit more disruptive, right? You're literally you know putting holes in your wall, and then you've got to go back and patch and paint over that. But that's definitely an option. But you know, start with as, as you've done, start with that air sealing, caulk up around um, holes, and then the the insulation in the ceiling. Um, and you know, the other thing for for people as they're thinking about you know spring cleaning. Uh, as it relates to energy is a lot of the utilities around the state, certainly Georgia Power, have these energy audit programs. And Tim, you've done some energy audits at, at your homes before, yeah, right? Jackson EMC did the audit and they actually said, look, if you will do these two things, we will give you X amount of rebate. You spend this money, we'll give you this amount back. And so doing that, doing that foot of insulation was a part of that. But okay. it, you know, it gave me money back in a rebate and georgia power certainly has a rebate for insulation so it seems like that's maybe the very first place to start is just to absolutely make sure that the insulation is where it needs to be yeah and and when when people are doing energy audits what what does that look like what does that process look like well they give you some charts and uh, it's it's very scientific they're taking temperatures they've got a little temperature gun and they're 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 shooting the temperatures in the vent in the vents and the returns they're looking at your HVAC and making sure it's cycling properly and not mm-hmm. cycling too you know too frequently because that's using that's using a lot of power out there on your uh, on that they are going up in your attic they're measuring your insulation uh, and some of them do uh, a, a actually blower door tests where they're actually you know they're actually putting some pressure inside your house to see where uh, to see where that air's leaving uh, and making sure that that it's uh, very tight. I remember my my very first energy efficiency home we built when we had a lot of kids. Uh, it, it was uh, it was a home in Jefferson, and Jackson EMC at the time had a program called Comfort Home, hmm. and it involved caulking every single nail hole. The builder and you 
you obviously paid the builder a little more to do it, but then they put you on a special tariff, mm. a comfort home tariff. Uh, and I went on that. Uh, that was before I was a commissioner and really knew very much about it. Uh, but uh, there are some fantastic programs out there. But if you don't ask or you don't check it out, uh, you don't know. And the energy audit is a really good place to begin because then the utility is going to come out and say, hey, if you do this, if you do that, you can get money back. Here's what we would professionally recommend. And I feel like that the utility is more objective than a contractor. Yeah, well, they're certainly not trying to sell you something there. So that, that I agree. I think you know, starting with an energy audit is, is a great place. Uh, many utilities also have online energy audits, so you don't necessarily have someone come out to your home and give that same sort of detailed level, but they can give some recommendations as to where to start based on your historic energy use and some questions that you answer about your home. Um, so that's a, a nice place to start. And Tim, you mentioned that you've got solar on your home. You put that on over the winter, right? Yeah, we put that on with Creative Solar USA. It's not a big system, but I really felt like, you know, we talk about this all the time and I had it on my Winterville home and I hadn't got it on the new home and I didn't have the money to do the full-blown giant system like I wanted. But in this case, I, I really wanted to get solar up there uh, because we talk about it a lot and and I, I personally believe that as a regulator, I need to be living the technology. Well, I, one, I think you're going to be really impressed to see the production as we get into the summer months here. It makes a big difference from over the winter. Um, but two, all of the stuff that we just talked about, and, and you mentioned it for what you did for your home, you know, invest in the efficiency of your home first before you do something like solar, because you don't have to spend as much on solar if you've got a really efficient home. So, you know, if you've got uh, some some money burning a hole in your pocket from maybe a tax refund or something like that. Uh, you know, efficiency is a great pay- place to start, but you know, solar's come down a lot in prices, right? Yeah, and the money you spend on that solar, if it's with an EMC like Jackson, they're going to give you a rebate per kilowatt for doing that, and then you're going to be able to send your accountant if you file federal taxes. You're going to be able to send your accountant the invoice for what you spend on that, and then you're going to get. I think in this case, I'm getting a 22% credit on what that was against my tax liability. So it's the gift that keeps on giving. Absolutely. Yeah, so just another minute, Casey, we're talking about energy efficiency and things you can do in the spring. We talked about uh, doing that energy audit, checking that insulation, having that HVAC company come out, a professional company come out. Uh, Casey, as much as I changed my filters, I recently had our company come out and I was using a metal filter, a permanent filter that I washed out, and I just it just wasn't working properly. And I mean, I, it, it it was clogging up. And when I when I went to spray it off, I wasn't getting everything out of it, mm. and it was really putting a drag on my system. And you can actually you can actually hear it. You can we keep the the whole house fan going, mm-hmm. um, and you could hear the velocity of the fan slowing down uh, compared to when it's got a new filter it was it was quieter because it was working harder because it, it couldn't get the air that it needed. Well, so the story there is change your filters, folks. It does make a big difference both in terms of that indoor air quality and as you say, you know, how hard your system has to work. 
Well, when we come back, we're going to be talking more about things you can do this spring in order to get your house ready. Things for you to consider about energy. I may even even talk a little bit about maybe it's time for you to get that electric car and, uh, and what the models are that are available out there. I'm Tim Eccles. You're listening to Energy Matters. Stick around. We'll be right back. Energy Matters would like to thank GasSouth for its support of the show. GasSouth has a no-deposit policy and offers some of the lowest per-therm rates in the state. Use the promo code MATTERS for a special deal. GasSouth, the difference is good. Hey, Tim Eccles here, host of Energy Matters. Solar's growing like crazy in Georgia, and I certainly say buyer beware. It's great to have companies like Creative Solar USA on the job. Russ, why do folks need to reach out to you? Tim, we're going on to our 14th year, and we have the best staff and most experienced installers in the state to get the job done right. You can find out more at creativesolarusa.com or call 770-485-7438. That's creativesolarusa.com. BMVW is the place in Metro Atlanta to get your used hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or fully electric car. They're located on the south side near the airport, but it is well worth the drive. Go online to look at their inventory at ev-hybrid.com and set up a time to see the vehicle or even drive it for up to three days. I don't know of anywhere else in Metro Atlanta that you can do that. That's ev-hybrid.com, the best deal in town. ev-hybrid.com, ev-hybrid.com. This episode of Energy Matters is sponsored by Arnold, Golden, and Gregory, an AMLAW 200 law firm with 180 attorneys in Atlanta and Washington, D.C. They take a business sensibility approach when advising clients. They provide industry knowledge, attention to detail, transparency, and value to help businesses and individuals achieve their definition of success. AGG subscribes to the belief not if, but how. We thank John Gornall and all the attorneys and staff at AGG for sponsoring our show. Hey, Tim Eccles back with Casey Voice. It's springtime, and we are talking about things you can do to save money. Casey, we, we talk about technology a lot on this show, and we talk about sustainability. We've got the whole sustainability awards that we're, we're doing, but today we're really talking about saving money. Uh, in the last segment, we talked about doing this in your house, uh, insulation, uh, getting that to check up for your HVAC unit, uh, doing solar. But let's talk about making your car more efficient. Well, I, I think the, the number one thing you can do, uh, you teased at the end of the last segment, which is getting an electric vehicle. Um, but, okay, let's let's back off from that. Maybe you're, you're about to buy an electric vehicle. That's great. Maybe not. Um, but th- there are things that you can do, whether you're driving an EV or, you know, a hybrid or just a, a regular old gas car that make your vehicle more efficient. One of the big ones is just making sure that your tire pressures are set at the manufacturer's recommended amount. And Tim, did you know that pretty much every car, if you open up the driver's door and in that door jam, that area kind of towards the rear of the car, there's a little sticker there that's got the recommended tire pressures in the vehicle. That's for pretty much every vehicle you go uh, take a look at. Why would one vehicle say 37 and one vehicle say 34? Well, because when the manufacturers are designing them, 
they're really taking into account the amount of load that the vehicle is expected to carry. So, you know, a truck might have different pressures if it's fully loaded versus, uh, you know, an empty bed. Um, they also design the suspension around it. Uh, and one of the things, if you look at, at EVs, I, and, you know, I'd be curious to see kind of what you uh, see in your fleet. Maybe we can report back to, to listeners some other time. But electric vehicles, they tend to have higher recommended tire pressures on those little stickers just because those higher pressures mean less rolling resistance so the vehicle can go farther but you know what that's true of your normal gas car too i have seen tires made especially for electric vehicles uh, I think that BMW i3 you had yep. uh, had that. What what was that about? Well, so there's kind of two things. So the i3 was sort of funky. It had really narrow but tall tires, so it, it looked a little funny. It worked really well. Um, but the idea there was re- actually reducing the amount of frontal area uh, that the, the tires would essentially contribute to aerodynamic drag. But there are other tires that look more like regular tires, like I've got on my Polestar right now, that are specific to EVs. And those are designed to be low rolling resistance because for electric vehicles they're really trying to reduce the amount of energy that's required to keep the the vehicle moving so that's why you have kind of more slippery shapes uh, in a lot of evs that's why you've got ev specific tires by the way if you've got a gas car you can put those ev specific tires on if you want to Um, you know no harm there and you might get better gas mileage casey we've talked about ali kelly's the ray uh Harriet and everybody down there at the Ray and and the work they've done at that rest stop in yeah. West Point. As you come in from Alabama on Interstate 85, that first rest stop just across the state line, if you are traveling that this spring or summer, you got to stop in there as you come back into Georgia because not only do they have a solar tree there that helps power that rest stop, they have a free electric vehicle fast charger. Yep. Um, by the way, Casey, you can't charge money. Uh, you know, and sell things at rest stops except Cokes and things like that. It has to be with the Department of the Blind. So right. the only way you'll see an EV charger at a rest stop is if it's free uh, at this point. And let's, I want to talk more about that. But And behind this rest stop is something, a technology called Wheelwright. Yep. And it's a British technology that Allie and them brought over. And when you drive across this Wheelwright area uh there's a little kiosk as you as you come through it and i guess there are lasers that measure every tire not only the pressure but uh on the scale that they have i guess uh but also the tread depth and Mm -hmm. the kiosk uh prints you out for free uh the the pressure and the tread depth and then they have a free air system right there that you can go and fill up i mean casey i don't see how we're not doing that at thousands of locations and having something like that just for the safety of our citizens. Yeah, I I mean, it's a fantastic idea and it makes it a whole lot easier. I mean, look, you know, folks, you can go out to, you know, a drugstore or an auto parts store and buy a, you know, tire pressure gauge for a couple of bucks. So, you know, this shouldn't be a, you know, huge financial commitment. But to your point, this wheelwright system really makes it easy. You stay in your car, you drive across, and the only time you need to get out is if you need to, to fill up your tires. But, you know, that's one of the big things that you can do. Now, the other thing, uh, a couple of things, and I know we're going to come back to, to EV charging here in a moment, but, you know, other things that you can do if you've got a gas car, um, you know, change the oil, change the air filter, just make sure that you're staying up on the maintenance. A poorly maintained engine is going to use more fuel and, and you know, you're not going to get as great mileage. I have a number of Toyotas from Hayward Allen here in, in Athens, and uh 
probably once a year or once every two years on my Toyotas, they want to change the cabin filter. Um, and that impacts inside air quality. Right. Right. Uh, have you have you seen the cabin filters? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so they, these are kind of like air filters for the engine, but it's it's filters for the air that comes into the cabin. Um, that's not necessarily something that's going to give you you know more efficiency in your vehicle, but it certainly makes it nicer inside. And, and they tend to get clogged with pollen and, you know, especially after the spring. Right. Is it it's filtering all of that stuff out? Casey, we were talking about tire pressure. One of my pet peeves is gas stations that charge 50 cent to get air. Oh, I'll uh, tell you what, yeah. So I, I want to just give a shout out to Quick Trip for providing free air. Uh, I really uh, appreciate that. Also, to our friends in Quick Trip uh, in their headquarters in Oklahoma, thank you for not selling pornography. Uh, that That is something, it's one of the reasons I've patronized uh, that chain so much. And then Kroger. Um, Kroger, you not only get the discount, Right, mm-hmm. if you're uh, a member uh, of uh, their their club, so to speak, um, but they've got the free air there in most of those Krogers as well. So I don't know. Do you know of other places with free air, Casey? Uh, those would be the big ones. There is actually a website out there, and and you know, Tim, the the name of it's escaping me, but folks, if you Google it, you you'll find it. That it's a map of uh, places that have free air. Um, so you just pull that up, type in your address, and you'll find a place near you, like a Quick Trip or a Kroger, that offers free air. Casey, I was talking uh, with. Uh, a new Tesla driver. He's got a 2015 that he got from our sponsor, BMW Auto Sales. And I said, how are you enjoying it? How close have you come to running out mm-hmm. of electrons? He said, I got down to seven. I said, well, that's that's really too close. He said, yeah, I went to Clarksville uh, from the office. He works in Norcross. Uh, and, and then I, I, there was no Tesla... Uh, Tesla chargers up there and so I had to drive all the way back I said wait a second Sean Mathis has the Miles Through Time Museum and I know for sure that he has Tesla level 2 chargers there Mm -hmm. but my friend wasn't using PlugShare he was only using the Tesla interface for charging and that PlugShare app is a must Casey for new EV drivers absolutely yeah they're they're, PlugShare is one of them Uh, the other one that I found recently that's really good is called Chargeway Um, it's a little bit more kind of user friendly doesn't give quite as much nerdy detail as PlugShare does but those apps are great because they allow you to see everything that's out there not just what your car chooses to show you our former co-host John Noel has called me multiple times usually on a Friday afternoon about 3 30 uh, <laughs> uh, but he's called me from places and said hey do you know if there's any chargers in this community and one of the communities was Bainbridge Georgia uh, yeah and they're currently building Georgia Power is currently building a community charging island there um, but so and I said, let me call you back, John. And I called the EMC, and, uh, and they didn't have anything. Uh, and John wound up going to a, an RV camping facility yeah. and just plugging in at a campsite uh, in order to get what he needed. He was trying to avoid driving to Tallahassee yeah, to the Tesla charger there. Casey, what's the most bizarre place that you've ever charged your car at? Oh... That's a good question. While you're thinking, I yeah yeah, I, I I charged my Kia in Elberton. The city hall had a rigged up charger, uh, level two, 
on the back of their building kind of hidden and i had called the city and said hey i'm going to be over there speaking at the rotary um and i don't see any chargers on plug share this thing wasn't on plug share Hmm. and they said oh yeah we've we've rigged one up uh (laughs) behind uh behind this building and you can go over there sure enough i went over there and got uh, i didn't stay all day there i got just what i needed to get back uh you know to my house uh, so how about how about you? Have you had had some dicey situations where you've had to borrow a charger from someone or go yeah. to somebody's house or? You know, I don't know about dicey, but I would say there's probably two that that stick in my mind. One was a a really. Uh, janky level two charger in monteagle tennessee uh up there at the general store if anyone's been through that area i don't even know if they still have this thing but uh tim i i'm not an electrician if they had an electrician involved with installing this thing it wasn't a very good electrician i mean it had like wires hanging out and stuff i mean i'm surprised that uh, it wasn't sparking i mean it, it was tennessee uh, it, well it was tennessee sorry. yes <laughs> um so that's one of them and then the other is uh we were my son and i were recently down for a boy scout trip to the uh, aviation museum uh, down there in warner robbins at the air force base and uh, we drove down there. We actually drove another scout in the, the car with us. And uh, we had we used 51 percent to get there and needed to get home. They let us uh, plug in to their uh, uh, outlet in the back of the building. Wow. Uh, well, folks, you learn a lot driving these cars. Hey, stick around. We're going to come back with a couple of on the road segments. Uh, I think that you're going to enjoy. Casey, thanks for joining us today. And. Everyone, you can catch Energy Matters at WGAUradio.com by clicking On Demand. We appreciate you listening. We'll be back in just a minute. Logan Booker here, producer of Energy Matters, and I want to tell you about the Advanced Power Alliance. For more than 20 years now, the Advanced Power Alliance has been leading the energy transition in America's traditional energy states. They advocate for wind energy, solar power, and energy storage, all while partnering with traditional resources to ensure that America has abundant, affordable, cleaner energy to power our homes, our lives, as well as our economy. With the growth of solar and advanced storage and power generation technologies, every state now has the opportunity to be a leading energy state. Advanced Power Alliance is proud to partner with the Georgia Large Scale Solar Association and work with the Public Service Commission, Georgia Power, and their customers as Georgia continues to be one of America's leading renewable energy states. You can learn more about the Advanced Power Alliance at poweralliance.org. That's poweralliance.org. Reducing pollution from the transportation industry is an important goal, and few alternative vehicle fuels offer the distinct advantages of compressed natural gas. I myself drive an F-150 C&G pickup. Marlin Compression, part of Marlin Gas Services, is helping to usher in this clean energy future to the Port of Savannah, too. Not only is Marlin Compression a trusted provider of CNG for fleet fueling, they are also working with Port Fueling Center on a state-of-the-art CNG truck fueling facility. Learn more about the distinct economic and environmental advantages of using natural gas for trucking fleets of all sizes and explore all of Marlin services by visiting marlincompression.com. That's marlincompression.com. Calculate your savings 
today. Hey, Tim Eccles back on Energy Matters at one of my favorite places. You guys know how much I love Jekyll Island and coming down here, sitting here with Kevin Udell at the new Residence Hotel, a Marriott property. Kevin, I just got to say that all of these lodging upgrades that you guys have made have absolutely changed everything about uh, about the experience for folks coming down. Uh, you could not have said that better. Um, I'm thinking back in probably 2008 or nine when Mr. Hooks, our, our executive director, came on board. We had four or five com- uh, companies or hotels in bankruptcy or foreclosure. We didn't have a new convention center. We didn't have a beach village. And all of these products were kind of failing. And there was a thought of what could we do to resurrect this island. And so it was a long, laborious process of getting the bond, luckily, from the state of Georgia and they supported us tremendously and we built up that infrastructure and then we had hotel partners attracted to the old site so part of the fun stuff is there's there's always concern out there oh my gosh I hope they don't overbuild the island and stuff all the hotels and everything that's been reconstructed is where an old hotel used to sit so there's this new Marriott used to be people would remember the old Ramada this was where the Ramada was or the Georgia Coast Inn a lot of people called it that too so we've been very careful to you know only work on properties that have already been developed. I stay at this residence inn. I love the Marriott properties and as well as that Weston. Kevin and Runner and all the folks at this hospitality group do such a fantastic job. It just seems like, Kevin, any time that I come down here, there's a state conference next door and they find out I'm here. I'm over there doing the welcome or doing something like that. I mean, it seems like every state agency loves to come to Jekyll. Well, I love to hear that because that's my job is to get them here. And, of course, we have wonderful competition. You know, they'll go and, and, and go around the, the state and go to Athens or uh, maybe Columbus or Savannah. But, of course, they like that beach destination. And we're the only ones in the state, of course, that has a, an oceanfront convention center. So uh, I would say about 60% of our business is Georgia Association of fill-in-the-blank. And so we're, we're very keen on uh, continuing that partnership. And, obviously, it's a state island, so I think there's a connection uh, with them all. Also, that they feel very comfortable here and our rates are very reasonable so it works very well for the state agencies let's talk about the 75th anniversary that you guys have been talking about and doing special things for how's all that going uh, really, really well. We had our kickoff uh, party uh, a couple weeks ago for the big, the soiree, we called it, and I had to work it slash uh, uh, enjoy it also. It was a wonderful night with fireworks and, uh, you know, pool dancers in the, in the club hotel. They had the synchronized swimmers. We had a wonderful event at the club uh, dining room, went back over to the Morgan Center. Several hundred people were there, and it was just a really a, just a celebration of taking a private island years ago that the, the quote, millionaires owned and turned it into a wonderful public state park for everybody to enjoy and it was just a great kickoff for the year and in fact this saturday we're having a giant sand sculpture event on the beach here it's supposed to be a beautiful week after today uh so that'll be fun and so throughout the year there's little things that are sprinkled little celebrations of of another reason to come down and and see the latest of some way we're going to celebrate this great history of, of the state park era you guys have a tradition of hiding little globes around the island in the months of january and february you i think 550 this year and you release a certain number each day i guess y'all are going out in the middle of the night and putting these things out but i was walking back uh yesterday uh, from the jekyll island club where wendy and i like to walk over and have breakfast there have a wonderful little breakfast croissant sandwich and as we were walking down the the old road the paved road 
coming right up on the putt-putt building, there's a little hole where normally a rail would be put in to keep a car from driving, but the, the rail was out, and as I looked down in there, there was a globe, and I, I, I picked up the globe and went and got uh, and got the prize, and as I went in there, people were going, I've been looking for that all day, and, and uh, so people were shocked, you know, that I came in there with it and was asking me how I found it, but that is so exciting for so many people. Well, it's the 20th anniversary, so I was here the second year it started, and it used to be called the Beach Buddy Program with these glass floats, and it mimics the old Japanese fishing nets that were floated by people would hand blow these glass floats, and they would get loose and go up on California beaches years ago, like in the 40s and 30s, and so an artist came up with this idea years ago about let's have these and sell them so we came up with an idea to get winter guests here 20 years ago so because it was so slow back then and we used to hide maybe five on the beach only and then it expanded to the whole island and this year there's more than ever and we also have the tiffany stained glass um, celebration this year so there's a certain number of them that are look like a tiffany glass window so there is extra excitement this year of the number that are out there and then if you get the really special tiffany ones so you picked a good year to find one i've seen people go out at night with head lights on to see if they can find them it's really it's crazy fun people come down just for that reason and it's you see them everywhere on the island it's really it's a fun all january and february every day what maybe is a funny story that you've heard about a globe hunter as they went out to look for this and maybe a location that they found it that they were shocked have you got any fun, got a fun story for us well i think there were some of the ones that you know that people would look in the dunes years ago when when with the dnr and us you're not supposed to walk through the dunes unless there's a crosswalk so we would have to go out there in the early days and tell people like you're not supposed to be up there and they would be walking all through the dunes you know which are protected of course like everywhere and you know we'd we'd literally have to send people out to say please don't walk on the dunes and we'd put signs out but I used to do it the first year or two and I would have them in my pockets and people would stop and they could just tell it was here he is he's a guy that's going to drop it and they would act like they didn't see you and then you'd have to turn around go back and find another place and try to hide them they would hunt you down almost because it was such a such a valuable thing to, to find one, so it was it was kind of comical the first year you know year or two there. I thought, and you can only win one per family, so they uh, per year they keep locals from dominating the contest. Of course, I was thinking. You know, there's not that many electric cars down here right now. This weekend, maybe they've they've tucked some behind the EV chargers. So I was going up to the EV chargers and looking, really me looking down on this trail and seeing it was just purely accidental. A hundred percent. You will have people, like you said, that have come for years and have never found one. Someone else comes the very first day and they find one. So you could imagine, you know, the, the level of excitement versus, you know, like disappointment for somebody that's never found one. So what a lot of them do is afterwards, if they can't find them year after year they'll go and buy one you can buy one at the at the gift shop there at, on the on the causeway coming on the island and you can even buy the tiffany ones so you can get one you just don't have the excitement of finding one but it, it is it's you you hear all the stories of you know the first timers that just run into it and you know it's it's pretty interesting folks that haven't been to jekyll i think are surprised at how much room they have to 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 roam uh, not only on the beach itself, which the beaches here are very wide. Uh, and then you've got all the trails. And that's one of the things that Wendy and I enjoy doing uh, is either walking the trails or biking the trails uh, from here up around Clam Creek on that little back nature path, you know, on over 
you know, through the Horton area and into the historic district. Then we stop and get a little sandwich or something there at the historic district. But it just feels like I'm here by myself. Yeah, you nailed it. I mean, literally, I think it was Thursday or Friday of last week. It was a beautiful spring day, and I went out and took a walk at lunch in some of these trails that no, you'll never see anybody out there. You could walk for a mile or two through these beautiful maritime forests with huge pine trees and oak trees and, and birds and everything, and it's just absolutely spectacular. You can't believe you're on Jekyll Island. And we have 20-plus miles of bike trails, which are paved, and I'm sure somebody will correct me. It might be 22 miles, but it's a lot of bike trails, and it is just brings you all all over the island, but in complement to that are these wonderful walking trails towards the north end, like you'd mentioned, that are absolutely spectacular. And it shows a part of the island that I mean, maybe 2% of the people actually see. And so they're just waiting there to, to be explored. And so it's a really addition, a fun addition to the island. On the south end of the island, you've got the water park that's there and uh, a really fun place uh, for kids and teens and adults, really, uh, if, if you're into into adventure. More bike trails down there. You've got the soccer fields, a wonderful 4-H camp that's been renovated, that whole St. Andrews area with all of this history. I mean, there's just so much to do here. There is that whole part of the island. It's like an entirely different portion of the island there's really no development that's allowed uh, during a, or at a certain point of there i think it's the water tower south so there's no new construction that can ever take place and there's wonderful trails that go through there there's also a rope swing which i won't tell you where it is but it's a it's a yes it's a mystery rope swing that uh, is a lot of fun uh, and it's down there on the south end somewhere uh, but like you said st andrews is its own little beach and it's the one that faces on the marsh side of the island so you have a totally different view you have a sunset view there and it's spectacular. Uh, and of course, the soccer complex goes out to the Glory Boardwalk where they filmed the Glory uh, movie years ago. And they built that for us for having to disrupt some of the dunes back in, I think it was 89 that was filmed a long time ago. Um, and it's just a very unique portion of the island. And then, like you mentioned, Camp Jekyll, uh, the, the, the uh, governor had given us money to redo that uh, several years ago. And it's just spectacular. About 250 kids can be there at, at capacity. It's a wonderful asset for the state. Just in our last few seconds on this segment, I want to keep you over, but how can folks find Jekyll on the web? How, how do they find out about some of the amenities? I mean, really, the easiest is just uh, JekyllIsland.com, and that's J-E-K-Y-L-L. I've heard every spelling on the planet, <laughs> but it's J-E-K-Y-L-L and then island.com, and it just has everything from, you know, restaurants, dining, to amenities, to activities, to, re- you know, everything you'd ever want to do on the island is right there. Well, when we come back, one more segment with Kevin Udell here at Jekyll Island. I'm going to talk about my book that I'm writing and some of the very cool things that have happened many years ago on this island. Stick around. This is Tim Eccles. We'll be right back. Gas South believes in the difference we can all make, like the difference in putting people first and showing that you care. For us, our difference is saving people money with our best rates and no deposit. And the difference we make in our community by taking care of our friends and neighbors and giving back 5% of our profits to help children in need. Learn more about what makes us different at GasSouth.com. GasSouth. The difference is good. 
Tim Eccles, host of Energy Matters, here with Jeff Pratt of Green Power EMC. Jeff, more and more EMCs are offering solar to their members, and you're seeing it grow like crazy across rural Georgia. Tim, you're right. Co-ops in Georgia are doing a great job of deploying solar across the state. In fact, they're leaders in the country with respect to engaging customers and deploying large-scale solar to benefit all their members. Hey, contact your EMC and ask them about their solar energy policy, or just Google Green Power EMC. This segment of Energy Matters is sponsored by Hall Booth Smith. This law firm works with over 88 Fortune 500 companies, and they have offices from Brunswick to Athens, Tifton to Columbus, and of course, Atlanta. We'd like to thank Hall Booth Smith for the great work they do with school boards, hospitals, cities, and counties all over our state. See more at hallboothsmith.com. Tim Eccles back. One more segment here on Jekyll Island, my favorite place to come to in our state with Kevin Udell sitting here in this new hotel, this residence inn slash courtyard uh, just down from just south of the Western and the market. Folks may not even know it exists yet, but it's here and it's wide open. Yeah, we're just a half mile south of the beach village. So if you come on the island and you come right into that beautiful beach village and you're looking at the ocean, the convention center, if you take a right, go about a half mile down on the ocean, it's where the old Georgia Coast Inn used to be. It's 206 rooms. It's the largest hotel on the island. Opened last summer, summer of 2021. It's been a huge addition to the island and between the leisure and the group business, of course, love it. So we're up to about 1,400 hotel rooms now with the addition of this new property. And it's just beautiful. Kevin, I've been working on a book since COVID uh, about the history of the Jekyll Island Club. I've gone back and forth on the title. Uh, I keep adding more to this book, and uh, it's going to be more than just Jekyll Island now. It's really going to be virtually every one of the barrier islands, uh, the history of the barrier islands. It's kind of a historical fiction book or creative nonfiction, as some people say, but it really focuses on on a couple things. The, 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 the Gilded Age when J.P. Morgan and Joseph Pulitzer and William uh, Vanderbilt and all of these other very wealthy people, the richest people in the world, came here to this island to spend January, February, and March. It was an amazing time. It was. Uh, it was. Uh, they said it was the the most exclusive club in the world was Jekyll Island, which now is a state park. It's in the irony there. It's amazing how it went from the most private island in the world to a public state park. Seventy five years that we're celebrating again, and it was one sixth of the entire wealth of the world wintered here. And of course, they had their Newport houses in the summer, and I'm sure they had other places that they enjoyed, but this was their winter getaway. And it was more of a traditional almost hunt club, so it was very casual in their light. It was casual. Um, Certainly not like the summer high season in Newport. Um, So they could relax a little bit more here. A lot of hunting and uh, riding bikes. They used to ride those little electric red bugs on the beach, and they loved this island and enjoyed it. And uh, it's it's amazing transformation to it turning into the state park in 1947. You look at the 100 miles of Georgia coast from Tybee coming down, uh, you know, St. Catherine, Sapelo Island, Osaba Island, Little St. Simon, St. Simons, this island, Cumberland. Most of them were owned by wealthy Northeasterners. So there were a couple that the public could get to. 
right? Tybee was one of those. And most folks don't know that that uh, train, we used to regulate trains at the Public Service Commission. And so we regulated the Central of Georgia Railroad, which went out onto Tybee, five stops on Tybee Island. Uh, but most of the uh, most of these islands you couldn't get to. None of them had a bridge or a causeway. I mean, they all required a boat to get to. Uh, but uh, things have really changed. And having this island open to the public, and this has really been sold as the public island for the state uh, and now, in fact, owned by the state of Georgia. It's just uh, it's a, just a very unique island. It, it is. It was the, the causeway was opened, I believe, in 1953. And so it's been open to the public since then. And there's a, a small uh, parking fee to get on. And that goes to conservation of the island. Some people question, oh, why are you you know charging anything? Well, that keeps the island running and clean. And you enjoy the, the flowers planted and the, the sidewalks are clear and perfect. And the beaches are all picked up. That's where most of that money goes to is our operation. We don't get direct state funding. So it's this public island, you know, that is owned by the state and then managed by our authority to for everyone to enjoy it for the whole world to come here and we do have people from the entire world to come here certainly around this country we hear stories all the time of just how this has become that special place and they say once your uh, footsteps make a mark in the sand here you'll always return to Jekyll and it does seem to be true <laughs> people just have a very uh, very deep connection to, to being here. There's so many neat sustainability projects going on. The solar that you guys have had in the middle of the island, you've taken what was the old landfill and you've basically turned it into a, a renewable energy source. And, um, you know, thankfully, uh, I was able to get Georgia Power to agree to do a battery project that's going to be here. It's going to be a state-of-the-art two-megawatt battery project that's going to in increase the resiliency uh, on this island. I mean, we do have a sea turtle hospital that needs that. We have a fire station that needs that with public safety. Uh, we've got all of these hotels. And uh, so there are a lot of things that we need that energy for. You've got that pervious pavement uh, that, that you've basically did a pilot on over there where water can go right through it. Um, you've got so many things that you, that you're doing that that's, that really has the land and the island in mind. Yeah, I mean, in fact, when I do the little tours of, of the meeting planners and such, walking to the convention center, uh, a lot of people don't know under that parking lot, we have an 80,000 gallon water cistern, and that's the gray water and the irrigation water for the convention center. So a lot of people, you know, don't see that every time it rains, it goes right into that and we reuse it all. Um, all the old building was ground up beforehand and used as our foundation. Uh, we sourced local products. It's a LEED certified silver building. So tremendous energy savings with that building, everything that could possibly be done when it was done 10 you know, years ago, and it still holds uh, very low you know, operational costs versus you know, maybe the competition. So everything on the island is thought of that way. There's a huge master plan uh, you know, underway here with the, you know, another one also with the golf course. So everything is always about trying to expand some of the natural footprint of the island you know, for, for, uh, for more nature and, and the animals and such. So. You've got a golf facility uh, and you've got a tennis facility. Do you find that a lot of people come here for the sporting activities? Yeah, and my numbers, they could be off, but I want to say we do about sixty to 70,000 rounds of golf a year. So there's a lot of the hotel partners, of course, that have these golf trips and people come down all the time. And then if you're here for a convention, you're going to, a lot of them have that first day golf tournament. And then we have tremendous uptick in the tennis activity. We have a wonderful team over there and they have booked Gosh, I want to say maybe 
maybe 10 tournaments that we didn't used to have. And they're from all over the Southeast. And we've gotten some from additional areas that they didn't want them maybe as much. And we were dying to get them. So it's, it's a great, you know, addition to the, to the sporting activity. And then we have the U.S. Kids Golf Tournament here in the spring with 300 plus players. We have a huge soccer tournament uh, every, every you know, uh, March that comes in here with about 1,500 players. So we're very big on the sporting events when they're here. Yeah, folks can come in for the day. They pay the $8 fee that goes towards taking care of everything. And there's what, what I've liked about what you've done on that beach side is you've got all of those little pavilions that you can reserve. Um, and then you've got plenty of restrooms that are clean. I, I noticed just yesterday there was uh, it was it was uh, on a Sunday um, and there was a lady cleaning the restrooms uh, early Sunday morning when we were when we were taking our walk. You've got a couple of churches on the island. Uh, folks have, you know, the locals that live here, you know, attend the Baptist church or the Presbyterian church. Uh, and so there are just lots of, you know, lots of things for people to do that they would normally do in their regular life. Yeah, and that's a great point you make about the restrooms. When they were redoing the ones recently, we've actually added heating and air conditioning because, as you know, you go to a beach destination usually in the summer, and it's not too pleasant in the restroom. So we've actually got there, those that are heated and air conditioned, uh, which really, really helps. And that team works seven days a week. I'm sure shift is you know is it out, but there's always somebody making sure all these things are up to date. And you're right. It's really like a little city. Jekyll's really a self-contained little, like a town or a city with all these amenities and churches and stores and the beach village has shops that the the residents there is about a thousand or so full-time residents and so they're living here and enjoying it and you know it's a it's just a great little community that happens to have 10 miles of spectacular beaches (laughs) and a lot of other things to do it's a great place to be i think you guys have more electric car chargers per capita than just about any place i can think of because we've got some brand new boss chargers here at this hotel you've got uh, well, every single hotel has destination chargers, and then you've got some at the convention uh, at the convention uh, center as well on that back wall. Yeah, I think uh, Ben Carswell and his team uh, with the conservation department has done an amazing job of of rallying for that and looking to the future. That that's certainly that's where the future is going to be is electric cars. So you're right; you can come here from anywhere that you're traveling with your electric car and feel totally comfortable that you are going to be able to charge it up. Even at the convention center, there's tons of uh, chargers right there, and virtually, like you said, every hotel and the island's only seven miles long. So once you're here, you're going to be able to completely fill up. So we're looking very much towards the future. And that a lot of that credit goes to, you know, the leadership here and, and then Ben and his team also. My favorite conference is held here is the Georgia Environmental Conference. I'm here every year for that, for the entire thing. Normally I just pop in and pop out of conferences, but this one, this here, I stay for the entire thing. This year I've, I've actually got a, a booth for the Public Service Commission that I'm doing. I'll also be releasing my book that week. Uh, and so we're going to do a number of readings and book signings for the book and really be talking about the historical significance of this island and some of the things that was that were that were going on at the same time in other places not just for the rich people that were here but what were happening to the freed blacks uh, on uh, on, on other islands. What was happening in society at the time? That's part of what my book looks at. It's just a thorough look at culture during the time that the Jekyll Island Club was created. 
Yeah, and there it's amazing the the history here with the Wanderer was the the last slave ship that was uh, not allowed to, but they came illegally and they landed on Jekyll Island, and a lot of those uh, slaves were at some point or another released there and then moved over to St. Simons. And I think Jim Brown is one of the most famous ones. The running back from the Cleveland Browns was a part, a direct descendant of that. So there was a, a wonderful community, African-American community there in St. Simons that comes from, from Jekyll. So it's, we're very tied into that history here. Well, there you have it. Jekyll Island, hope you can join uh, me down here frequently. Kevin, thanks for being on the show today. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Hey, everybody, thanks for listening to Energy Matters today. And get down to Jekyll whenever you can. I'm Tim Eccles. Have a fantastic weekend. Tim Eccles of Energy Matters here for Solar Sun World. No doubt you've seen solar panels popping up all over the state. If you want the precision of German engineering when it comes to solar, Solar Sun World is for you. Gerd and all the folks at Solar Sun World understand the complexities of solar and how to make it work for you. From tax credits to inverters to accelerated depreciation, they'll advise you on the best path forward. And Solar Sun World now offers power purchase agreements. Find them at solarsunworld.com, solarsunworld.com. Everyone has tough times in their life. By checking the project share box at the bottom of your utility bill, you can make life a little easier for your neighbors. Your one, two, or five dollar checkoff is matched by the utility and then used by the Salvation Army to help folks having a tough time paying their energy bills. It's that easy. Join PSC Commissioner Tim Eccles and many others by donating via your power bills this year. See more by clicking projectshareinfo.com. And thank you.